Hello there. Welcome to Ask Us Anything, where popular science answers your wildest queries. I'm Chelsea B. Coombs, Pop Size Social Editor and your host for today. And I'm producer Jess Bodie. Today we're diving into a weather phenomenon with a name, <laughs> a name that's just delightful. That's right. We're talking about haboobs. So, yes, haboobs. <laughs> I know, you gotta love it, right? But to get it out of our systems, we're just going to say it together once. All right. Okay. Three, two, one. Haboob. <laughs> I think that was amazing. That I'm worked. so that glad worked. that we got that off of our chests. <laughs> um, also a pun there with, never mind. <laughs> 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 I'm a Weather Channel alum, so being able to talk about these massive dust storms is actually super exciting for me, and we're going to get into it after the break. Welcome back. It's time for the Haboob History Hour. An hour? <laughs> okay, all right. I will go easy on you. We will just stick to a quick haboob primer of sorts. Okay, okay. So, first of all, let's explain that fantastic name. The term haboob actually comes from the Arabic word hab, meaning to blow, and was first used to describe a dust or sandstorm in the northern part of Sudan. One of the first journal articles describing such a weather event was aptly named just haboobs. One word. Yeah. And was published in 1925 in the Quarterly Journal of the Royal Meteorological Society. And, you know, I I truly treasure, you know, journal articles that are just one word. Right. Yeah. What else did you need back then? It's succinct. Yeah. For sure. For sure. (laughs) Um, Another historically significant journal article published in 1972 in the Bulletin of the American Meteorological Society was just called An American Haboob. I'm planning to use that as the title of my next screenplay. I love it. I love it. I I patiently await that. You should. You should. Talk to my agent about it. I absolutely Uh, will. (laughs) So now, despite the kind of silly name, haboobs are actually pretty terrifying. So, you know, when you think about those images of the Southern Plains during the 1930s, you know, you picture the ones where there's just a giant wall of dirt that comes out of nowhere to basically engulf everything it touches. And in fact, that famous Black Sunday dust storm on April 14, 1935 in Oklahoma was a haboob. It was so intense, it actually led Associated Press journalist Edward Geiger to coin the term dust bowl. Oh. Uh, right? I mean, yeah. without the haboob, we wouldn't have had the term dust bowl, right? Kind Makes of interesting. Sense. Yeah. Here's something that Geiger wrote in the newspaper column that was published the next day. It gets into your clothes, literally in your hair, and sometimes it seems in your very soul. Certainly it gets under the skin. That's intense. Um, Super intense. So intense. Uh, But but what causes these haboobs to form? Awesome question. Thank Uh, you. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, As PopSci writer Marianne Renault wrote in her 2020 article on the subject, every haboob is a dust storm, but not every dust storm is a haboob. So to have a haboob, you've got to get a thunderstorm involved. So in places like Sudan or Arizona, where the air is really dry, raindrops evaporate easily, causing the air to become cold and dense. And then that mass of cold air plummets and hits the ground. So 
Picture a book dropping onto a dusty tabletop. When it hits, you can just see that dust whoosh outward. Yes, that is such a perfect way to picture it. It's really scary. It makes me like want to sneeze. I can't imagine it on such a large scale. I know. Um, and that's, I guess, like that's what happens during a haboob, yeah? Yeah, exactly. So there are these really intense winds too, up to 60 miles per hour caused by that gust of air just hitting the dry ground. Oh my goodness. I know. And it creates, again, that wall of dust, just like they saw on Black Sunday in the Dust Bowl. So these haboobs can also be massive. They can grow up to 100 miles wide and blow dust particles around a mile high. Yeah, that can't be good for the lungs. Yeah, it's definitely not good for your lungs. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The soil and sand particles involved in those storms are, you know, they're small enough to actually qualify as pollutants because humans Mm. can inhale them um, and, you know, take them into their respiratory system. In fact, thousands of people in the 1930s actually died from dust pneumonia caused by haboobs. Oh my goodness. I know. And what's even worse is that these disasters are even believed to have helped spread measles and other infectious diseases because microbes could catch a ride on the particles and whip straight into human respiratory oh, systems. Oh, it keeps getting worse and worse. <laughs> I know. It's truly terrible. And, yeah. you know, it's not just in the 1930s. More recently, scientists found that a 2011 haboob in Phoenix actually spread the soil-dwelling fungi that causes valley fever to super highly populated areas. Oh, boy. Yeah. Not good. Yeah, that's not so great. Um, so with all of that in mind, what should people do if they encounter a haboob? Well, it's more common, obviously, if you're in kind of like the southwestern United States. But right. the most important thing you can do is just immediately seek shelter inside, especially gotcha. if you have respiratory or cardiovascular conditions like asthma chronic bronchitis, emphysema, or heart disease. And that won't completely eliminate the danger, unfortunately, because according to the National Audubon's field guide, dust storms can actually penetrate window frames and small cracks in houses to cause respiratory distress in both humans and animals. But luckily, that smaller amount of potential exposure is still a lot better than being out in the thick of it. Luckily, the N95 masks that you should already be keeping around for COVID safety can do a great job of protecting you from those errant dust particles. Okay, that makes sense. You can also just use any face covering in a pinch. And again, getting inside is much more important. Um, And then there's actually a special thing that you need to do if you're in a car. So the Arizona Emergency Information Network has a phrase to help you remember what to do. Pull off, lights off foot off. Okay. All right. So what exactly does that mean? I know it's a little bit of a nebulous thing there, yeah. <laughs> but you know, we're going to go with it. So the first thing is pretty obvious. Find a safe place to pull off the road, but you hmm. also want to turn your headlights off and keep your foot off the brakes so that your taillights stay off. And I know that sounds a little counterintuitive, but during dust storms, people often follow the lights that are ahead of them to try and get out of the storm, and they actually end up crashing into people's cars. 
That makes a lot of sense because I bet your depth perception is kind of wonky. Right, um, exactly. And I mean, if you're just kind of, if you can't really see that far in front of you, if you see, you know, some lights, you might think, oh, well, that's the right way to go. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a recipe for disaster. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. But, and like in general, I mean, you don't really want to face off with one of these storms in general. And mm-hmm. with climate change, it seems like Haboob frequency probably won't be cooling off anytime soon, right? I know. It really seems like things are going to continue to pop off. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm taking a, you know, a page out of the Arizona Emergency Information Network's book there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in the essential book of weather lore, um, Leslie Allen Horvitz actually writes that overgrazing, deforestation and depletion of water resources will make haboobs more likely to happen all over the world. And a 2017 study found that the frequency of dust storms in the southwestern U.S. has already actually increased 240 percent from the 1990s to the 2000s. And that was correlated with Pacific Ocean sea surface temperatures. Um, And then just to, you know, add insult to injury, (laughs) a 2020 study estimated that dust season concentrations in the southwest will actually increase by 12 percent by the end of the 21st century if we continue on the business as usual track without reducing carbon emissions. Gotcha. Okay, so that's definitely just more motivation to actually do something about climate change then. Exactly. Hopefully, you know, the people in charge are listening to this particular podcast. I'm sure they all are. (laughs) Yeah, every single one of them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of people who, you know, are not really taking the climate change threat seriously because, you know, they're like, oh, we can just escape environmental catastrophe and go to Mars. But I've got very bad news. Haboobs happen there, too. And (laughs) you can't escape them. Nope. Nope. They cover the entire planet. So, you know, not great. Yeah. Elon's in for a uh, rude awakening. (laughs) R.I.P. to Elon. Indeed. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show this week. Thank you very much for having me on, Jess, and I am always happy to talk about the humble haboob. Got a question for the editors at Popular Science? Send an email to ask at popsci.com. Ask Us Anything is produced by the editors of Popular Science. This episode was written and reported by Chelsea B. Coombs, based on a Popular Science article by Marianne Renault. Editing and audio engineering is by me, Jess Bodie. Big thanks to Billy Cadden for writing our theme song and to Katie Belloff for creating our logo. If you like our show, consider rating it on Apple Podcasts and leaving a review. It helps us out a lot. For more PopSci audio content, be sure to check out our sibling podcast, The Weirdest Thing I Learned This Week. Thanks for listening.